0: financial residency is proud to bring you grand rounds with dr tammy each week tammy kraus explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth she invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics if you have an idea for a podcast please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. On today's show, we're going to talk about some of those things that absolutely make physicians cringe. We're going to talk about online reputation and how you might be able to manage that. It might be anything from a website to age cap scores to whatever, but I have one of the best professionals in the U.S. that helps physicians kind of manage that for them. I'd like to write, welcome to the show, Ryan Miller, and he is the CEO of Aetna Interactive. Hey, Ryan.
0: Hey, Tammy. It's lovely to be with you today.
1: I'm so excited. Like I said, these are all things that I have no idea how to manage. I don't know how to control my reputation online, but I'm hoping maybe you can help all of us kind of along those lines.
0: Yeah, it was uh, exciting when you asked me to talk with you about this topic because for more than a decade now, our agency focuses predominantly in the elected healthcare space. So we work with facial plastic surgeons and cosmetic dermatologists, fertility clinics that have a fee for service component of their business, weight loss clinics, ophthalmologists who are deeply and dearly concerned, it happened for many years about their online reputation because it's directly linked to their ability to attract new cash paying patients. But as I started to think about that same challenge and conundrum that they face every day with how to earn their next review,
1: mm-hmm. how to
0: motivate patients to overcome the inertia of just going online and sharing an experience, and how to address and deal with negative reviews when they come up, and what that means for someone who's working in a larger institutional environment like a hospital, an academic setting. It was exciting to take all of that knowledge and experience and work with you to translate it, to make something valuable for your listeners.
1: You know, as a hospitalist, I don't have my own website. I don't have anything that promotes me personally, but I'm rated on multiple sites. And when I get a bad rating, which, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had too many of those, but when they come through, I don't know that there's anything I can do about it. Is there anything you can recommend?
0: Well, let, you know, let's start with that idea first of understanding the environment that if you as a listener, you personally, tell I me mean, that you are working in the environment that you have to play in, and it's going to require everybody who's listening today to step back. And if they're not already informed, to reach out to probably administration inside of their setting, it might be the head of a division or communications department inside of that institution to understand a couple of things. First and foremost, is anybody inside of the organization listing on behalf of the physician? So it's very common that we will find that institutions will put in place monitoring software for all of their employees' physicians so that they, and it's largely a risk management strategy, so that they can receive early notification when a patient is disgruntled and choosing online review out is like the outlet to vent that frustration and finding out if you personally if you could be added to the alerts that are in place so that you receive notification not that you need to welcome that misery but a lot of the reviews when we look at the statistics are going to be positive reviews maybe it's going to be the thing that brightens your day not ruins your day (laughs) but that you can be notified as fast as possible when a new view has made its way onto the internet that relates to you the second thing that we have to step back and think about now that you're maybe more aware and if you're not everybody should know that there are software out there there are services that you subscribe to there are things as simple as setting free google alerts with your name and on the popular review sites to receive an email notification when a review appears but assuming that you know about it the next thing you have to understand are what are the regulations set by your employer about your ability to address or participate in a dialogue around those reviews. If you were to consult a lawyer right now, what's important to do for your audience is I'm not a lawyer, I'm a marketer. You're going to get a lot of them who will tell you that you should not engage in the online review environment in any way. In most of it, for most of our clients, that's simply not an option. For communities like Google's business pages where Consumers can go and leave a review for an individual physician who's going to be listed there or social media platforms like Facebook where you can get reviews, not responding, not participating, not acknowledging those communications can actually decrease your visibility on those platforms. And while for many folks, you know, like you or hospitals, maybe you don't don't care as much about how visible you are on Google. For a lot of folks on here, maybe own their own practice, that's a big area of concern. So we've spent a lot of time with lawyers. We actually spent a lot of time with our clients, training them to find the way that for those of your audience that are here in the United States, who are concerned about HIPAA, that you can participate in a dialogue safely, you know, it largely involves not adding any new material information to that online conversation, not validating, even you know, the a person's patient, but you simply can thank them for the feedback. And the event that there is a real concern that needs to be addressed and you're part of an organization where there's an infrastructure that they could seek help, guiding that person to the place where they can go to, to gather additional information and get the help that they need in order to resolve whatever that concern might be. So our position is every review deserves a response, but your organization may say that's strictly off limits. So that's the next thing you have to understand is that if you're going to be involved in your reputation and sculpting your reputation you need to know what you're allowed to do and what your employer's going to permit as it relates to monitoring those interviews and responding to them the last thing that's out there that we really start thinking about here to me why i think this is just so interesting is for a lot of physicians today compensation is being linked more and more to performance outcomes mm-hmm. to patient satisfaction and if I were a physician and I were thinking about my employability for the future, I were thinking about my ability to move between organizations, I would want to be thinking at least a little bit beyond patient care to how those patient satisfaction scores are manifesting in online rating and reviews, because it's going to speak to any future lawyer about how I'm potentially going to impact their reimbursements, sure. right? And so that last piece, right, we talked about listening, getting alerts, finding out where and how much you can respond and, you know, being versed enough to do it safely, if you're in the US, within the compliance of HIPAA. And then this last piece is, well, what can I do? Can I engage software? Is there an in- infrastructure inside of my institution to actually encourage and motivate patients to share reviews? Usually today that's driven by software, text messaging, right? That's prompted by the completion of an encounter to guide patients, to share part of their experience online. And I think everybody who listens to you is probably been to a dentist. And mm-hmm. if they have, I guarantee you, they've received the text message saying, hey, share some of your experience online. Here's a link to guide you on exactly how to do that. So I think the IDH software will be forward to anybody who's listening to this podcast.
1: That all makes sense. It seems like people who are upset tend to reach out on their own. But if you have a good experience, you don't necessarily reach out to say, hey, that was a really nice experience, unless you're asked to do so. So that that does make sense to me.
0: It's really interesting, Tim, because there's been a lot of studies out there on that exact notion. And I think it's a little bit of, it's really a misunderstanding. Because every meta-analysis that we've seen that's been done that looks at the general measures of patient satisfactions for physicians in North America, they are overwhelmingly positive. And so this idea that angry patients are much more inclined, it may be true because your angry patients are much smaller in number and uh, they can have a much louder, much more visible impact on your reputation than, you know, a casual, I really liked my doctor, I had a nice visit with them. A positive review that you might receive. But I think the emotional impact is oversized relative to the actual number of negative reviews that, that physicians tend to receive here in the United States. The challenge that we see, I think all too often, and it's one of those things, Tammy, that a lot of, it's probably the number one question that we get in the elective health side, which is, where do I need to get reviews? Because there are so many places that you might go to Drive a patient to share their experience online. And for a lot of providers, the question is, well, which ones actually are going to matter to me? I'll use a really simple example. I'm seated today in Stanford, California, which is in the East Bay, just south of San Francisco. And if I search best dermatologist near me, I'm probably going to be going for clinical care. I wasn't looking for something that was cosmetic in nature. You know, of course, Google, they've got their own reviews next to those map results there on the top of the page. But for me, where I was sitting in my search, Yelp was the number one organic ranking. And then I get a more reputable healthcare rating review site. HealthGrades comes up number two. Then US News, who has their whole program where they're reviewing physicians. And then a the commercial entity, ZocDoc, is out there with their reviews. And WebMD, it's not an endorsement for any one of these. But what's really interesting for your viewers, they might actually pause the podcast right now and go search their specialty, best you know, specialist, whatever it is that they do near me, and see how diverse the rating review sites are that are out there. And we actually recommend, if you're concerned about it, you're trying to understand where and how should you have any say in where you drive patients to leave their reviews, how do you prioritize? It's like, well, let's start by doing two searches. First, best your specialty near me second search your name, which, you know, it can be really interesting to see what comes back with that. Plus the word reviews at the end, right? So that combination right there is going to see those review sites where you are most profiled today. What I think most of your listeners are going to see Kami is that for the most part, the reviews are maybe a little bit thin. They don't have a lot of reviews out there unless they're whether their own historic activities or the institution where they're working for has software in place to encourage patients to share these experiences but in addition to then it's probably overwhelmingly positive if you look at the sheer numerical truth of it usually you know, surveys are positive positive. and where we get into those emotions the feeling out of control is that all too often the small number of negative reviews just have a huge impact on our psyche right just it feels Horrible, and I that's do where stick you with you more. Yeah, that's where you start to feel powerless. And this idea of listening, understanding how, or if it's even possible to respond, and then actually doing something proactively to drive more reviews back at properties that matter to you or to your institution. Those are the things really take that powerless feeling a few negative reviews that show and actually turn it into kind of an empowered scenario. I suspect that for many of you, telling your leadership, communicating in that I care about my reputation and what that means for our institution, what tools do you have where I can participate in um, making sure that we're earning the best reputation possible, I think would really come as music to their ears.
1: You mentioned, and it's true in my case too, that a lot of these surveys, I guess, are directly tied to compensation. Do you work with physicians or organizations specifically on those metrics that are tied to compensation, such as HCAPs or press Ganey reviews? Do you help people with those beyond just the marketing aspect of it on the internet?
0: No, the place where we intersect with that Tammy, mostly is in the deployment and the implementation of the survey systems that are going to allow them to gather the compliant data. Okay. Ultimately, when we come back and we look at it and say, where and how are we going to make operational changes to to address if there are performance concerns that are raised, where and how is that going to happen? We have partners in industry that we'll refer to can, that can provide that level of institutional consulting that helps things in a new direction to hopefully improve those metrics. But largely where we're focused is going to be on how individual physicians, group practices, and in large institutions can play a role in earning a representative portrayal of their reputation online.
1: Well, good. You mentioned that you talk with a lot of elective practices, those people for cosmetic-type procedures and that kind of thing. Do you do a lot of, like, website development, search engine optimization? What do you do for those type of clients?
0: We're a 20-year-old agency. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary in November of last year, and we're a full-service digital marketing firm. So we do everything from design to copywriting, Website development and custom systems engineering to search engine optimization, pay-per-click advertising and social media consulting. That breadth of services allows us to become very, very intimate with the practices that we're working to help grow. I think the big challenge, obviously, for all of them is every one of those service lines that I made is so dynamic, it's changing so quickly that it makes it really next to impossible for any clinic to stay on top of everything. And that's where our team, we've got a team of 65 people that are focused on helping clinics master those things so that they can really sculpt the demand that they're building and bring in the patients that feel best for the vision that they have, their growth.
1: If a physician or organization wanted to reach out to you to try and get help with their online reputation, how would they get in touch with you, Ryan?
0: We can be reached uh, probably the easiest way is going to be through our website. You can visit www.etna, that's E-T-N-A, interactive.com and click on the contact links that you can get all of us. What I'd love to share is that we have over the last 20 years, we've invested a tremendous amount of energy into developing original educational materials. Those are available in our blog. So even if it's not something where someone feels like a engagement with us directly is, is appropriate. We should be able to, if your listeners want to share a question, we should be able to direct them to a recording that will help advance your report. Questions like, how do I respond to negative reviews? What what exactly is HIPAA say about crafting a response? And how do I stay out of the hot water there? What tools are best to drive and encourage reviews? And interestingly, with a lot of the news that's been out recently, Tammy, about Chat GPT and how artificial intelligence is beginning to shape new ways that people can search online. I mean, a lot of people saw headline stories about how Google is very, very concerned about how AI search is going to potentially disrupt the future of finding things online, including find doctors. We're getting a lot of questions these days about, well, what do I need to do now to prepare for a future where I will just ask an AI for a physician recommendation and it really today speaks to the importance to diversifying how you portray yourself online because we don't know whether those AIs are going to treat reviews that appear on Google which will obviously be a competitor to many of those emerging search uh, search routines that are out there or will they perhaps have more trust in a site like healthgrades hmm. so A lot of what we look at today when advising our clients in the elective space is not just about, you know, how do we attract more new patients tomorrow, but how do we prepare for this really strange future that's coming where robots are going to be able to anticipate and answer our most complicated questions?
1: Technology is just moving so fast. (laughs) I... This is neither here nor there, but before I got into medicine, did database marketing. Mm-hmm. And I am such a dinosaur. I Things have moved and changed so much since, you know, my years of doing that 25 years ago. So I'm fascinated with everything that you talked about today.
0: It's a very interesting time to be thinking about, as I reflect on the challenges that I'm sure that many of your listeners have of, you know, showing up to take care of patients every single day. And having newly to worry about how they are seen and portrayed online while in many ways being completely disconnected from how that is administered, who has even oversight and control to address and update the things that appear about them online. I think it's great that you're raising this question and encouraging, I think for me, if I were to reflect on what I would want somebody to take away from this. It's encouraging them to raise that curiosity and look around inside their organization and say, well, who's in charge of this? What are they doing? What if any tools are available to me as a physician provider to work, to sculpt and participate in the way my, my reputation is presented and how it is accumulating online. What's permissible? What are the guidelines? Because I would think that many of your listeners will find that there's actually more available to them. There's the infrastructure inside their organization that will help them to make sure that they're really putting their their most representative portrayal of how they behave, the outcomes they achieve, and how they're perceived by patients.
1: Interesting. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate all your time and expertise. Do you want to give your website one more time, just in case someone wants to get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. would like to get in touch, or if they just need help answering a question, they can reach out to us. The website's going to be the easiest way. It's www.aetnainteractive.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening today, and I hope you'll join me again next week for Grand Rounds.